Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back with another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry's <laughs> getting through the bitterness of the cold in both of our areas. It is a cold, cold January, late January night, and he and I are ready to do some Movie Maniacs, talking about the current movies at your theaters, on your streaming, and then the greatest movies of all time. We're going to go back 30 years to 1992 and rank our 10 favorite 1992 movies. And uh, we've got some movie news thrown in there as well. And Chuck, a very interesting story about a couple of movie fans who are suing Amazon because of a movie trailer. I'll get to that in a second later on in the show. But let's bring in Chuck Curry. Chuck, uh, how are you battling the dog days of winter? It's pretty cold out today. That's all I can tell you. I don't like it. I got to be honest. I, I'm not a big winter fan. You know, as I get a little older, just a little, not a lot, yeah. but... Yep. I it, don't like it. We can do this like podcast it. anywhere. I don't know why we don't do it in Florida or somewhere south. That's for sure. You know well, how I in, battle. You're, you're, I'm in Stroud. I'm in. Uh, well, right now I'm doing this from East Strasburg, Pennsylvania, where it's about uh, eight degrees or nine degrees. And it's we got lucky. It only snowed one inch this morning. But um, it's a very raw day and a lot of people are not out and about. Yeah. In Fort Wayne, I woke up. It was negative four. Today. Wow. And, and that's not good for the movie industry because a lot no. of theaters closed on the Northeast. Uh, there's, you know, all, all theater owners are getting is some leftover Spider-Man, No Way Home. Nothing new wide was released. It's, you know, um, I don't know about you, but it's nope. hard to be profitable if you don't have anything to sell. So. It's not good for theaters, Mike. No, no I know it's going to start to pick up as we go along here in the next 30 days. But uh, this weekend's going to be a disaster. No, in February, you got Jackass and Moonfall and Death on a Nile. And then that'll help a little. I think Death on a Nile will help. Jeff, Jeff, the old Jess, uh, what do you go? Jennifer Lopez Marry me. movie. Marry me. Or but, I like the trailer. Yeah, I mean, but, you uh, know, it's it's you know, it's it's schlock. It's, I know so it is. it's a Valentine's movie. I'll give it, you know, it's the date night, whatever. But I, nothing's going to break the bank at the at the box office. That's for sure. But a Moonfall's already getting some leaked reviews that, it, you know, just terrible, horrible. It, yeah, it's just it's absolute. Joke if it's as good it. as a trailer, it'll be awful. No? <laughs> that, <laughs> that is true. Uh, I, you know how I pass the time in the middle of winters today. I actually watched the uh, <laughs> home team. On Netflix, don't ask me why, but uh, the Sean Payton movie starring Kevin James. Um, what now, look, is I saw the trailer like yeah, they tweaked that into a comedy. They tweaked it, it a, into a goofy sports kids comedy and, and, and assembly Sean line. Payton, Adam, and, Sean Payton, and Sean Payton allowed it. Sean not only allowed it, he's got a cameo in it. At I the don't end. get it, um, but he's yeah. I mean, it's an interesting story, too, that actually could make a decent movie without getting the decent. Adam Sandler treatment. Not, was but it, it's, it, I mean, it's just the Adam. It's like you fill in the blank. Adam Sandler. It's so lazy. The jokes are lazy. Everything. The, but for some reason, in a typical Adam Sandler produced movie. What's it called? It, it's called Home Team. OK, okay. Uh, um, I'm going to watch it. It hits some high notes that he always seems to hit. You, you know, some of the kids are appealing. There's a there's a couple of storylines that are appealing. 
the games are, are so unrealistic. It, there's no way any of this could even have come close to happening for Sean Payton. Um, but there's something in there that is a story that intertwines. You're like, all right, I'll sit down for 90 minutes. And it seems like every Adam Sandler somehow finds its way at doing that. But it is so lazy. I mean, it's but like it's well, Kevin, they... James. It's Kevin James, Kevin James, Kevin James. Yeah. Rob Schneider's in it. Oh, Adam boy. Sandler's two kids and his wife star in it. They have big parts. Really? In it too. Not yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, again, it um, and it's funny as you if you watch the credits and you see the producers names, look at the cast of stars in it, too. And you can see that there was a lot of nepotism going on when they cast. Well, let me ask season. you a question. Welcome to the boom with Kevin James. What do you think? That was good. Yeah, I like it a lot. I yeah. like, actually, I, it's, I saw Netflix again now. Also, he's done some good stuff. I that mean, movie, uh, that movie is what they that movie is a undiscovered gem, in my opinion. Yeah, I like that movie good. a lot. It's good. Henry Winkler's really good in it. Yeah, too. he's and, about a high school teacher who who like uh, the, his high school needs money for a musical program yeah. that's going to be canceled. He decides to go into MMA. I thought he got himself in good shape. Yeah. The fight yeah. sequences were really believable. The supporting cast was funny. He's really good. Good movie. Welcome to the boom. I'm going to watch well, this movie, though. Check out Home Team. I mean, like I said. It's, I actually like Kevin James. I, I do. do, too. I do, yeah, too. I do. And he's done some good work. The Paul Blart movies. I mean, and the Zookeeper. I heard he's, he's going to do three. Oh, well, it's interesting. How excited interesting. are you? Not much. The world doesn't need that one. No, the uh, world really doesn't need Home Team either, but. But we got it. Like I said, a Super Bowl champion winning coach who gets suspended from the NFL and then goes home to te- to coach his kids, high, uh, you know, football. T- that's an interesting story. There's something there. Instead, they make it just basically, you know, um, grown ups three, which is some stupid that jokes. Go- that goofy. It's pretty goof. There's some goofy stuff. Look, when you cast uh, Kevin James's brother as an assistant coach and. And uh, one of the what's the Twilight kid, Taylor? Uh, he's in oh, it. He's too. in it, too. Huh? Yeah, he was in Grown Ups. He was in Grown Ups. So it's yeah, it, it definitely has an answer. Look again, it passes the time. It's 90 minutes okay. and it does hit some high notes. But anyway, we spent too much time on it. There's no doubt about it. I only bring it up because I know can you I, can see, I bring something up. You don't see anything. So I don't even ask you. Uh, what I'm going to bring up some news here. News or what you've seen? Nothing, right? No. OK, go ahead. What's your news? You don't watch well, movies. A movie. know, this is a no, movie podcast where one of the hosts doesn't watch movies. It's amazing. It's an <laughs> amazing true. show. L- listen to me. <laughs> I just watch the same thing over and over. Yeah, and so Waller, how is San Andreas at the smoothie shop? No, they, again. Took that, they took that off HBO Max. Oh, I was that, that's no good. But I do watch Hoosiers daily. I do watch Batman daily. And I've been watching Close Encounters of the Third Kind daily. daily. Hey, let me ask you something. I hear I heard rumors. There's mm-hmm. nudity in the new in the new Batman. Tell me about it. Uh. I swear, I, I guess on one of the ratings uh, description, brief nudity. Really? I mean, what are we doing here? I don't know. Is it Vicky Vale? Let me let me. It's probably Catwoman, Joey, Zoe Kravitz. Let me ask you a question. I'm hearing the good to buzz. I'm hearing the buzz watching the trails. I like what I see out of Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Yeah. And I watched that two minute uh, funeral sequence that they that was released. But I got to tell you. You're not feeling I'm still. It. I'm still not feeling Robert Pattinson as the Bruce Wayne I envision. I now I I have to watch the movie and see Matt Reeves vision. And but I, I just you know, I when I look at Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne back in 89, you know, sort of the schizophrenic Bruce Wayne Batman. And then I see Pattinson and I'm like, I don't know. I don't feel it. I don't. Yeah, I don't Being blame honest, you. I have to be honest. Like I, I want to love you. it because I love Batman, my old my all time favorite superhero. 
character. Well, I love it. I just love the concept. They think the, the villains, everything about the universe. I love, but it just I got to Let's see. Yep. You got to see. We'll see what happens. Some movie news out there. Um, breathing new life into the Fast and the Furious se- uh, series. Chuck thoughts on Jason Momoa in Fast and Furious 10. Not surprising because they what they always do is they take so many popular in pop culture, right? And you got Jason Momoa, Aquaman and mm-hmm. Justice League and doing Aquaman 2. And they like, OK, let's flip him into a villain. Let's get him into the film. But, hey, you know, we got this villain. Let's I, I understand why they're doing it. Listen, it's it's really a unique franchise in terms of. They've built and built and they get bigger and bigger and they make more and more money, even post pandemic. The last one, you know, worldwide did seven hundred and uh, like 20 million. It's, it's pretty good. It's solid. It, it, I would have easily did over a billion if there was no covid. Right. In in a lot of ways, it, it was a modern day James Bond series. Right. It just kept bigger cars, bigger stunts, same stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I, I mean, it's gotten more, but it's really gotten bombastic. Yeah. But it has a lot of entertainment value and it has that feel of, you know, has that nice connection with his base audience, which is very sizable. And Vin Diesel's made a a fortune off that franchise. Right. I mean, if you believe all these stories with, you know, Dwayne Johnson saying I won't work with him, I guess there's truth to it. Uh, There is definitely friction. Yeah, I I, I believe it, too. Um, And by the way, uh, which I hate saying does not shine a good light on Vin Diesel. No, probably it does, not. Well, this it does is, not. Well, if you look at his career, though, this is probably a reason why he hasn't worked really a lot outside of this series. Right. Mm-hmm. He's comfortable yeah. with these producers, but really no other producer who's going to cast. He doesn't get cast in anything else. And outside outside the box vampire movie every once in a blue moon. And yeah, to pitch black. I mean, it, he was in Boiler Room. I like that. I mean, movie yeah, a lot, but, but that, that was, was early in his career. Once I he know, hit this took, big stage they, and they, became a star, he never really they, did. They, they kept talking about him doing a big screen version of Kojak. Yeah, it's just uh, I think happened. there's I think there's a reason why. And it's probably Does anybody because, in the audience know who Kojak was. I mean, right. Yeah, I think so. I think we have an older, well-educated uh, audience. Well, you can look for Momoa in, in Fast 10. Hey, I got one here. Good yeah. news for for the office fans. Steve Carell and John Krasinski teaming up again. Bad news. It's not an office reboot, but they are going to be in a movie together for Paramount Pictures with Ryan Reynolds in it as well called If. My question to you is, Chuck. Is it inevitable? I think we'll see the office in some form with the yeah, major well, stars well, yeah, again. Yeah, you'll see you'll see a reunion on HBO Max. So we'll get 10 million apiece. I mean, come on. Like, you don't think we'll actually see a produced show? Why not? They should. Like, listen, don't you think Friends would have been a lot more fun if they did an episode? Probably. Give us, give us an episode. Probably. But they won't. But they, you know, if, if they're going to make huge money just to sit down in a, in a cow on a couch or an hour and a half. Well, look, Steve Carell, they'll take it. But I, what I don't get is Steve Carell is he just did the morning, uh, the morning his, show. His right? career has been interesting because he, he had that he had the red hot trajectory, right? Yeah, he could do some serious stuff. Got and some he, Oscar now, nominations. And, and right? it feels like he's gotten sidetracked doing just like like it's, I'm not going to say not high profile, but but it's very good. The morning show is very good. Yeah, and he's okay. on the Space Force season two coming out on Netflix now. And yeah. it's like, well, if he can do Space Force for Netflix, you're telling me Netflix can't pony up for a 10 episode run of getting the Krasinski and him and uh, and and, you know, just the, the stars. They would all do it, I would think. I, well, I mean, some reason I, mean, I think that's and Peacock think, like Peacock just comes Peacock, out. Well, I think they would want it because it's NBC is an NBC. Right, property. right. They'd want it. So but I, I would think that as soon as or later, these guys are going to look at the paycheck. 
The only one that's priced himself out of the TV series is maybe Krasinski because of the Quiet Place movies. But other than that, it's not like any of them has become this major movie star where they would it would be beneath them, even Carell to to do the show again. I I agree. Why not? I think it's going to happen. Now, let me I got one. Speaking of Peacock Network, they had their uh, NBC Universal, I guess they had their um, quarterly announcement. And uh, even though they took in almost 800 million in revenue, they actually lost one point seven billion dollars. In the calendar year of 2021, that is a that's a big loss. Now, they they seem pretty confident and said, hey, we're by 2025, we're going to be at break even. So these there is a massive, as you can see, a massive investment in the streaming content, uh, a lot of money in, uh, in in administration costs. I mean, the amount of money in administration costs is it's enormous. Having said that, but it goes to show you all this stuff really is high stakes gambling among the wealthiest entities on earth, right? Right. Yeah, rolling the dice, uh, and and even Netflix numbers weren't what they wanted. It was a drop in the stock price. Peacock said nine million in subscribers they have. Nine million, right? Yeah, and then HBO Max uh came out and said they have forty seven million domestic s- subscribers, seventy four million worldwide. It's a lot. It's not it's not, it not a lot. lot. It, it is a lot. Yeah. But I mean, I like to I like I like to read that quarterly report and, re- and understand how they lost one point seven billion. That right. is a, that is a lot of money, Mike. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I just uh, another thing that I saw. By the way, you know, Lethal Weapon Five. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Mel Gibson was on Entertainment Tonight this week and confirmed he, he is directing cool. Lethal Weapon Five. I think the bigger story Tell out me. of that is Entertainment Tonight actually. Doing a feature on Le- on on Mel Gibson, that's a big that that, is, that, for that wouldn't have happened uh, six seven years ago, right? No, I was a little surprised that that would happen. And you know, it's weird too. He's doing these Bruce Willis route too. He's in these I movies know, here I and agree. there. He's doing a lot of schlock. He's doing a lot of schlock. So what what you know? Where are we going to get at Elite the Web and Five? That's a real good question. Chuck. I think I we're going to get something good because he, you know, he is a damn good director. Right. And I guarantee it will be edgy, intense, entertaining, funny. The cast will be all in and it will be a tribute to Richard Donner. I have no doubt it, he'll produce a good product, a real good product. And, uh, H- and HBO Max will spend the money to get the production uh, where it needs to be, meaning that, probably 75 to 125 million. Also spending the money is Amazon. They just signed Chris Evans to co-star with Dwayne The Rock Johnson in a holiday uh, action comedy movie called Red One. It's actually directed and produced by Jake Kasdan, Lawrence's son. Again, uh, not just Netflix getting the big stars to say, come, you know, we can write checks too, right? I mean, why not? That's Um, what it is. Write big checks. That's pretty big. Those two stars doesn't get any bigger than that. I I guarantee that's going to be a $200 million production. Chuck, there was one story I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if you have any more movie news. No, but, I do. I got a lot. So keep, all right, uh, let me just just one other story here. I wanted to bring up before we get into yours. Tell me. And and these two fans are, are suing um, Universal Studios because they watched the preview of the movie yesterday. Remember that movie yesterday about the guy who gets a car accident and the Beatles yes. never existed? Yes. yes. In the trailer, it looks like Anna Darmas is in the movie, mm-hmm. the co-star. Yeah. These two people watch the trailer. Yeah. We're anticipating to see Anna Darmas in the movie. Of mm-hmm. course, her part got cut 
mm-hmm. out of the movie. She was never in it. Yeah. It was supposed to be another love interest for the lead actor in it. Yeah. So they figured, hey, we dished out three ninety nine. We figure we're getting an Anna Daramas movie. She's what are not they in suing? It. What are they suing for? They're suing. <laughs> they're suing. Um, they're <laughs> uh, damages, of course, they are seeking damages and all money obtained from plaintiff and the other members of the class collected as a result of the defendant's unfair competition and for an injunction prohibiting defendant for continuing and further engaging in its unlawful. So that means pull the movie off uh, the trailers off of Amazon. Give us our three ninety nine back. What's your opinion of this? It's absolutely hogwash because how many times have we grown up? We've seen trailers that we think that that they're they're pre-cut trailers before the movie comes out and then the movie gets cut. And I remember seeing distinctly Michael Bean in the trailer for T2. He's not in T2. And I'm like, well, what the hell is that? I thought we were going to get some Reese in this movie. And he never was. But I didn't go sue anybody for it. Here's the thing. If I'm the judge, I say that I say to the, the people suing, what what damage? What 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 do you feel? you What do you feel you deserve? What damages right. were rendered to you? Right. And then I'd say, why are you wasting the court's time? And uh, I mean, and then you got this. Uh, any lawyers probably just like, yeah, well, we'll drum up some papers. I'll bill you for some hours if you're willing to pay for it. What yeah, a I joke. So. Yeah. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like we've grown up. We've seen trailers where there's scenes that never make it to the final cut that you're Happens like, all the time. I could have sworn time. that. The, yeah. So it's such a joke. Um, and listen, we all want more Anna Darmas. Don't get me wrong. The more movies she's in, she should have been in the latest James Bond movie more. Um, she was fantastic in it. Um, and I hope they ever I hope they spin off her character in that movie. And she's in either more bonds or her own film because it was so good. But to, to sue people over it, that might be going to extremes. All what, right. a, what a world we're living in. Here's a couple things. Go you ahead. Know, what do you, you got? You know, you know, Emilio Estevez passed on season two of the Mighty, Mighty Ducks on Disney Plus. Or Shockwaves through or the whole Disney, industry. Or I mean, Disney no. didn't allow him to do it because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Yeah, I don't know. Having said that, he's out. So Disney recast the male lead. He's not going to play Gordon Bombay, but he will be the male lead. Uh, Josh Dumel. I like I, it's a good pick. I love Josh Dumel. Yeah, it's a good pick. He's very likable. He works well on TV. To, um, me, he's, to me, he's better than that. He shouldn't be on that. Now, he should be getting better roles. Than maybe being- well, he's getting a little longer in the tooth, though. Yeah, he's been around now for like 20. I, I used to watch him on all, all my children, believe it right. or not. And right. I'm like, it's oh, pretty appealing. And then. You know, he got he got the Vegas role with Vegas James Conn. He's yeah. really good on that show. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was very okay. good. Uh, Ron Howard has a movie called he, he in the can called Thirteen Lives. It's about the uh, the uh, apparent the the rescue of twelve children in a soccer coach in in Chile a couple of years ago in a flooded cave. Right. Mm-hmm. So this movie was tested before an, an audience, and it got the best test screening ever in the history of MGM. So MGM is now going to release it next uh, this year, uh, November, uh, because they feel it's going to get such strong Oscar consideration. Viggo Mortensen and Colin Farrell of the stars. Good news for Ron Howard, who, listen, he's a terrific director. Last, you know, 10 years of his career. Yeah. Uh, a, a little wishy-washy, but uh, this is good. I, yeah. Yeah. He's done some good work. I thought he he filled in solo nicely. And Now, what streaming service will this appear on? <laughs> well, it's going to come right. out in some movie theater if it's going to get Oscar consideration. I guess right? so. Yeah, one theater in New York. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, th- this this week in uh, in movie history, The Exorcist in 1974, it was released in 73. But Seems like you bring that up every week that this movie. Yeah, well, out. it won it won uh, the Golden Globe for Best Picture. 
<laughs> what movie wound up winning the Oscar uh, for, for that was released in 73? Was not The Exorcist, do you know? Uh, one, two of your you. favorite actors. I'll give you one. Paul Newman. Oh, the, the, the Sting? Yes, The Sting. Yeah, it's a great movie. Great movie. They don't make movies like The Sting and The Exorcist. I mean, Imagine think I, about that. Yeah, the Sting and The Exorcist, both in the same year. And meanwhile, Moonlight won one year. I mean, they just don't make movies. You know, it's just don't. It's stupid. It's just different. You know, iconic movies aren't made anymore. That's basically the problem. Sorry, I, I would agree. Off. I cut you off. How about this one? This week in TV history, January 28, 1973, uh, Bonnie B. Jones airs for the first time, premieres on CBS. Buddy Epson. That's a long time ago. Buddy Epson when was he, 95 years old when that show started. When he used, he to, was, when he used to run after the, the bad guys, he didn't run too fast, but he was really good. And, you know, CBS back in those days, you know, c- cop procedurals with like the one cop. Yep. Uh, Barnaby Jones, Mannix, Cannon, and then they, well, they used to had Starsky and Hush, all very popular back in the day. If you remember, CBS yeah. used to rotate three shows. They would rotate uh, uh, Barnaby Jones, McMillan and Wife, and yeah. I think it was Cannon, yeah. right? It was the it third was one, Cannon. and it was yeah. every three weeks you would get a new episode of one of the episodes of one of the shows, so they didn't burn out, and they, they would all be at the same time. And uh, boy, I remember Barnaby, Buddy Epson. <laughs> I mean, come oh, you, on. You know, the female lead was secretary. Who was the secretary? It was, it was Lee Merriweather, right? Lee Merriweather. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, you know, well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something. I was changing the channels the other night, right? So they got antenna TV on cable. Yeah, right? I know it. Yeah, I know it. So on 11 o'clock, they do Johnny. Ca- they do Johnny Carson for a half an hour. They repeat. At, sure. like, yeah. I, and Tim Allen, I was watching Tim Allen came out. And he was doing stand up. And then and then uh, Johnny Carson was interviewing um, Bum Phillips when he was a head coach of the Houston Oilers. Oilers? When, he made that, wow. when he made that comment next year, we're going to not knock on the door and kick it in. Yeah. Let me tell you, of all the late night, of all the talk show hosts of all time, there was nobody equal, not even not even close to what Carson brought to the table. Absolutely. He might have been an oddball off camera. But my God, Mike, he had a connection to the audience that was so unique and special. Well, I, it, there's nothing like it. And, and and I know people who in this generation or now we're talking right now, we're living in present time. We're talking in 2022. And I know this is the world we live in, but the world was just a better place when Johnny Carson was the host of the tonight show, because we didn't need to know everything. We didn't need to make comments about our neighbor on social. We just don't need this. We don't no. need this garbage. It, he right. was he was incredible. And he I tell was. you, just watching that, it, like it brought back so many memories. I mean, he he was he was interviewing um he was interviewing uh, uh, one of them, John Lithgow, and I'm like, this is so cool. Just yeah, it's awesome. This stuff. You can go down that rabbit hole. I'm glad they're doing this stuff. You can go down that rabbit hole on YouTube, too, with Johnny Carson. There's a lot of great stuff there. There's no doubt about it. You talk about appointment TV. Everybody went to bed. They watched Johnny Carson. Everybody, not some people, not half the country. Everybody went to bed uh, 1130 NBC and they turned him on. That was the last thing they did. When I I was a kid, it was it was I I love Carson. But in the afternoon, you had um, 
you had uh Mike you had Mike Douglas. Mike Douglas and then, on. and then and then like at eight o'clock you had Merv Griffin. Merv Griffin was on. Right, too, but yeah. Johnny Carson was the king the and king. he's always gonna be the king and there was nothing like him. Now the only thing that comes close for me is Letterman. It's just a different tone. Yeah, but iconic know, no, nonetheless. But, yeah, I, I but Carson still was Carson's great. the king, yeah. His connection to the audience was like it was so it was just like I can't describe it. It was just perfect. Um, anything else before we move on here? We're going to go to 1992 in a couple of seconds and talk about our 10 favorite movies. No, I'm good. All right. Let's do fast five real quick here, Chuck. And we'll start with this guy here, because one of the things I just saw was that Blue Bloods just produced their 250th episode. Holy cow. That, for, for a uh, for an hour long drama. That's, that's crazy. That's impressive. That uh, is Tom impressive. Selleck. Is yeah. 77 years old today. Congratulations, Tom Selleck. That show's been on 12 years, 13 I know seasons. He, listen, I, I'm going to I'm going to say in a, as a movie, I, I remember going to the theater watching uh, An Innocent Man. I enjoyed the heck out of that. Movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's an underrated yeah. movie. I like that movie a lot, too. It's got a real good uh, ending to it. Um, yeah, I mean, he's Magnum, right? So we got to bring up his Magnum. But I always enjoyed the. And I recently watched Three Men and a Baby and the and the second and quickly one down under is pretty good. Yeah, he, he did some decent work on the big screen. He really did. And he's even some charge from Mr. He Baseball. He works better as a TV star. He does. He's also good in in and out. He's got a small role in that. He's funny in that. And in and, and, and friends also, you know, he, he pops up on friends. Pop, yeah, he's friends. Uh, how about Heather Graham, Chuck, who's 52 years old this weekend? Roller girl. Roller nice. girl, right? Yeah, she's, he's also she's also pretty he's good fun in, in Austin Powers. Too. Yeah, Felicity Shagwell. She's also yeah. funny and remember Bowfinger. She's funny in that movie, too, with the Eddie Murphy and Steve Listen, Martin. She's a good looking woman and she's uh, she's she's fun on screen. I don't like her. I'm she's a done fan. Some, she did some good work on, on Hangover as well. She's funny in that. Yeah, you, you forget how long she's been around and how many movies she's popped up in. But uh, yep. and she's been you know, she was a child star, basically, too. She was back in the day. She was on Growing Pains and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. I got to bring him up, although it, it's easy. You know, I'm going to bring him up. He's 92 years old uh, I tomorrow. Know. I know I'll t- a, a, a couple of minutes on Gene Hackman. I mean, has he been in anything good? You know, yeah, he's been in a few good movies. <laughs> Here's the thing. Let me talk about Gene Hackman for a second. He's been out of acting now for 18 years. His last film was Welcome to Mooseport. OK, when he was 16 years old. He came from a broken family, joins the Marines, gets discharged, doesn't take up acting on any serious realm until he's like 30 years old, joins the Pasadena Playhouse. 31, actually. 31 years old, right? Uh, I guess he, he met Dustin Hobbin. They became roommates. Yep. The, the, I guess one of the, one of the acting coaches said, you're both never going to amount to anything. He goes to New York City uh, in his 30s. He's, a, he's working part-time jobs. He's working as, as a doorman. Somebody from the Marines that he was in there with sees him and says, hey, Hackman, you're never going to amount to anything. Right. Starts taking a backing, uh, gets a role in Bonnie and Clyde. Then he hits big with the French Connection, wins an Oscar for Best Actor, gets a Poseidon Adventure at 72. His only real action movie becomes a massive, you know, wait around the line city block blockbuster of, of that year. Even movies like The Replacements or Behind Enemy Lines, he elevates to a higher level. Not even close. Yeah, he was a man in the movies. He never was a boy, and you know, and I say that because so many actors have that boyish look. Johnny Depp, DiCaprio, 
I mean, Chris Pine, all these right. actors, they have that boy look, right? Hackman was a man from the minute he stepped on screen to the minute he left. He was Lex Luthor, wouldn't cut, shave his hair. You know, he agreed to put on a ball wig at the end of the movie, wore a lot of toupees in it. He was hot on some directors because, you know, he's a really smart guy who knew the who knew the industry. Here's one thing I read about him, which I didn't know. Evidently, he was seriously considered, if not offered the role of Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. Wow. And did wind up didn't do it. But I can't see anybody Anthony Hopkins in that movie. But that would have been interesting. And listen, Gene Hackman is an amazing talent and a great actor and a great screen presence. And we both love him. And, best. Uh, you know what I also I noticed about him too, Chuck, is even throughout his entire career, he, you know, he starred, he was a star of a lot of movies. He was the lead actor in a lot of movies. Uh-huh. But when he wasn't, and if he was co-starring with a Will Smith or a, or a Tom Cruise, like well, in, and listen, Crimson Tide, a mano a mano with Denzel, Denzel Washington. Washington another how, good one. Is that, how good is that script? That's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. It didn't matter if there was a big star next to him. He was better. It didn't matter. He was always better. And, and even Kevin Costner, no way out. You know, he would be paired up with these great big movie star actors yeah. and he would always be. Oh, my God. That, and, and how funny always, was he as the blind man in Young Frankenstein? Oh, my God. I was going to make espresso. But uh, can you imagine? Think about this. Imagine being on the set when he's going mano a mano with Denzel Washington and watching that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that you watch that movie and you like that movie's awesome. That is a great movie. He's great. And then that great scene in Runaway Jury where he actually actually finally gets a star. With Dustin Hoffman, they do a great scene together in that movie, too. And you, and you know what? And, and, um, I know we always talk about the Poseidon Adventure because it's my all-time favorite film and, and it's one of your all-time favorite films. My favorite scene in that movie, actually, is when he says to Rogo, you know, I'm going to find the engine room, right? And he goes on his own and he has self-doubt, right? And the John Williams' music starts glaring mm-hmm. and he sits down amidst the, the, the wreckage and the rubble and you see him sitting there. And he's ready to quit. And then Pamela Sue Martin's Susan comes over to him and, it, and, and, you know, telling him that, you know, I need you. We need you. I need you. And like, he just like comes back to life. And so yeah. his acting, just the look is it's so well done. It's just so well done. I, it, it just, uh, he's, he's made so many great movies and I would go back to the scene in Mississippi burning when he grabs Michael Rooker by the private parts and just puts him in place. And he got an Oscar nomination for that role in that movie too. I just love him. He's awesome in that movie. And who, and of course, Hoosiers, which I I play every day on my, my TV and my icing parlor. You you might've mentioned that every day. A place might've mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, All right. So we got two more. We got two more. That's definitive Hagman. Go ahead. Yeah. We got two more. We got to get to Um, a head scratcher of a career, but he's got some decent roles. Ed Burns is uh, 54 years old, Chuck, this weekend. Never reached the heights that I think a lot of people thought he might have made. He was a director, he's, writer. I, I he's originally from New Jersey, right? right. I think, he, right? He had that act. He sort of, you know, he sort of had City. that. He's like, from New York. He's from New yeah, York. Okay, New York. He sort of had right. that, like, that East Coast persona, right? Okay, Saving Private Ryan is really good. No? Yeah, but he, he also had that, I mean, he started early with his writing and directing too, right? He yeah. did the Brothers McMullen. She's the I, one. Brothers McMullen, I remember it like tonight did, did a lot of profiles on him. It, it just seemed like it was going to go to another step. And the next thing you know, he's co-starring with 
Catherine Heigl in 27 dresses and nobody knows who the hell he is. Uh, it, it, it was like up being in a big down. I hate to it say it. I hate to say it. I think it's the jinx of 15 minutes. That movie's so bad. And he he has to carry the last 45 minutes after they kill Robert De Niro. Well, that, he that never was, recovered from that. I, I don't okay. think he, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. That movie. I remember sitting in a theater watching it. And it's I like, booed at the screen. Hello. I like, booed what? at the screen. Yeah. And the people who directed that was directed by two people. Weird, weird vision. That movie's weird. That movie's bizarre. That is a bizarre movie. Uh, and, and you cannot kill off Robert De Niro with three more reels left to go on a film. I'm sorry. You can't do it. Uh, all right. Last but not least, Christian Bale, who is uh, 48 years old, Chuck, this weekend. I, I mean, uh, to me, he is I mean, Bruce I Wayne. A, I think he's a terrific Bruce Wayne Batman. I, and his, those movies are awesome. You want to see an underrated movie, though? 310 to Yuma. The yeah, make of the Western really, with Russell really Crowe. Really good flick. Um, and then obviously where he's playing American Psycho, he is legendary. Um, I know you're not a fan of the fighter, though, right? You weren't. You thought that was a tad bit uh, overrated. Yeah, I, I, do. I did overrated. like that movie. I did like that a lot. And he's good in the big short, too. That guy's great. He's just great. He, Ford and Ferrari, I thought was underrated. Not, not enough people saw that movie. That's a real good adult drama that uh, he's really good. He's a, just a solid one of our best uh, actors around who, you know, Really like to see him in an action movie, but I don't think it's ever going to happen, Chuck. I think he takes the art too seriously to actually pop up in, you know, Moonfall 2. I don't think we're going to see that. Um, by the way, did Patrick Wilson sign on for the sequels yet for Moonfall? I'm still waiting to hear that. Uh, news. I'm sure he has an option in his contract. No, I had a great idea. Didn't I texted you a great idea? He, they, they ship him out to Jupiter and he's got to save all the moons on Jupiter. You got to you can get six or seven movies out of that. I mean, isn't that what the <laughs> audience wants? More Patrick Wilson? Name me a Patrick Wilson movie that's ever been any good ever. And and you can't count those stupid horror I, movies. I, I actually like Watchmen. But no, I like on. him in Watchmen. I, I like them. You don't like that movie? I, I barely remembered he was in that. No, I like it. All right, Chuck. 1992. We're going to go back 30 years now and talk about the greatest movies of that year, I will bring up that production. I, they're going to be my favorite movies. I, you know, I, I don't care who won the Oscars. No, no. It's irrelevant to me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what we do here. We don't care about that. We just rank our 10 best of the year. I wanted to bring up that in August of that year, Jurassic mm. Park began production. So wow. it was a pretty monumental year, 1992. Uh, all right, let's count down our 10 through six. Normally I start, but we're going to let you start now, Chuck. You're going to find my list interesting. Mine's pretty good, too. Not a great year of movies, but pretty good. It, it, there's a lot of fun movies. Yeah. A lot of mine of fun. Here you go. Number 10, a, a sports romantic movie called The Cutting Edge. D.B. Sweeney. Hey, I mean, hey. this is where we're starting. We, oh, man. Oh, I like it. <laughs> How Moira Kelly didn't win an Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> You don't oh, like go ahead. Movie? I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's get we got to get some momentum going. I like, here. The, right, chemi- cutting I like the chemistry. It's entertaining. What do you got against D.B. Sweeney? Come on. It was it. I will. In your defense, it was a huge hit when it probably shouldn't have been, but it, okay. it was a huge hit. number nine. 
I'm really um, okay. A little edgy. How about a movie called Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel? Whoa, that's a good All right. Flick. They yeah, don't make movies like that anymore. That is a dark, right? Flick. I don't like recommend that to movie, your kids. Like no, a, like he's a really hardcore, horrible human being who starts to redeem himself. That's a good performance. An unbelievable performance. Okay. Yeah. And they don't. I mean, they remade that movie actually with Nicolas Cage. They did. Yes, they did. Okay. So my number, my number eight. How about Sam? I know you're going to say because I've left off some movies. <laughs> I'm going to be a, Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness. Okay, that's a good. All flip. right, yeah. Third entry in the Evil Dead franchise. Fun movie, very fun. Uh, all right, Bruce Campbell back as Ash. Very Completely different, different tone. tone. Very different in tone. Yeah. All right, number seven. Got to give me some under siege with Steven Seagal. Oh, vey. All right, keep going. No, I'm kidding. That's okay. a good movie too. Didn't it's none of these have movie. made my list. This is interesting. None of Number, them. Made my, none of them are right, on my list. All right. Uh, to me, his best. His his. Yeah. One his, movie his had best the most movie. talent. Best Andrew movie. Davis, the director of The Fugitive, Tommy Lee Jones, Gary Busey. He's really good. Uh, good story. Die Hard clone. Right. I love it, though. Number six. I, I Home Alone lost in New York. I, I like it just one. as wow. much. I just as much as the original. I like that film. I watch it every Christmas. A numerous, actually, it plays daily on my ice cream parlor. Did I tell you that Christmas season? Uh, it was a huge hit, too. It was so, the third so here we go. Year. Number 10, The Cutting Edge. Number nine, Bad Lieutenant. Number eight, Army of Darkness. Number seven, Under Siege. Number six, Home Alone, Lost in New York. What a list I got going there so far. I will tell you this, and I don't think this has ever happened whenever we've done a year ranking our top tens. You didn't pick one of them. There's not a single one in my under top ten. And there's not even a single... 10? No, Under there's not even what? What am I doing? This there's show not for? even a single one near my. T- there wasn't even any of those that I considered in my top. Really? 10. Under Siege was a good flick, but let's face it. It's a little overboard with the Steven Seagal. Enough with the guy already. If it wasn't for Tommy fe- Lee Jones, there'd who, be no reason to see who, that movie. Who is a female lead? Uh, the uh, Erica Aleniak. Yes. A huge uh, movie star in her day. Oh, my God. She boy. She she, had, her, act, her acting was on par with. Tanya Roberts interview to a kill. No, it was on but par with she, she, she was appealing enough, though. Yeah, appealing enough. She's better when she was just on a page where she didn't have to talk. OK, all right. All right. All right. Well, now, now that must mean that ten of my, a lot of my movies aren't on your list either. Half of your list isn't <laughs> being touched here. So all right, go ahead. here's my 10. And you can see the quality of movies that compared to the, the, the cutting uh, edges of the Chuck's list here. Uh, my number 10 is the all-star cast uh, getting together with Robert Redford in the Phil Alden Robin, uh, Robinson film Sneakers. Good espionage film. A lot of laughs in it as well with Sidney Poitier, uh, River Phoenix and the likes and Robert Redford anchoring it all. I think that's a fun movie with a great all-star cast. My number nine, maybe the funniest movie of the year. One of them, at least. Uh, my Cousin Vinny. Wow. Love this flick. Number nine, not higher, huh? No, it's not higher. Uh, well, you must have some serious fare in your top ten. I do. I do, as All a right. matter of fact. But it, uh, Marissa Tomei makes a star, becomes a star. It's a great flick, uh, okay. my number nine. My number eight, uh, schlock, but a whole hell of a lot of fun. And it got noticed because all the sex scenes. But it's a pretty good cop movie, too. And that's Basic Instinct. I did like that movie. Uh, Paul Verhoeven is a big hit. Big hit. I think Douglas is great in it. Sharon Stone's yeah. really good in it. Um, it. It's got the surprise ending, too, that I bought. I was hook, line and sinker to that movie. I thought it was really well made. Um, that's my number eight. My number seven, a little scene cop movie with Bill Paxton in it called One False Move. 
You want to see early work yeah, from Billy, Bo- Billy Bob Thornton as one of the villains? Yeah, it's good. real good flick. Yeah. Um, and a real good star turn from Bill Paxson. Uh, great cop movie. My number uh, seven and my number six is a few good men. Uh, Rob Reiner with the all star cast of Tom Cruise. Great courtroom drama. You can't handle the truth. One of the most iconic scenes in movie history and a great performance from uh, J- Jack Nicholson, of course, to an tolerable performance by Tom Cruise in a time in his career where you didn't know if he could handle this kind of fare. He did a really good job. Sneakers, my cousin Vinny, basic instinct, one false move and a few good men. Now that is a quality list. OK, here's my number five. I'm going. We got to match up here somewhere. No, I don't. We're going to we, we I want to match a few of them. But number five. Batman Returns. Uh, well, I, I knew this was going to happen oh, now. All right. And, and listen, if you like Tim Burton, if Tim Burton was. No, if you my, like Christopher, if you like Christopher Walken and Danny DeVito and you've always wanted to see them in a superhero <laughs> movie, then this is your movie. This is Tim Burton at his best. Oh, boy. It's, it's really as much as it is a Batman movie. It's a Tim Burton movie with Batman, Penguin, Catwoman. Michelle Fiverr was an awesome Catwoman. It was good. Let me tell you something. Danny DeVito's Penguin is so underrated. He is awesome. As Oswald Cobblepot Penguin in this movie. Yeah, it's a different interpretation, but there's stuff in this movie that is so damn entertaining. And Batman kills people. I mean, he just kills people. I, I hated this movie. I did. I, I did love the like whole the, the, no. when Batman and Danny Elfman's score, when Batman comes around that 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 bend and he and, and you hear that score and he puts that the 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 bomb in that in that in that that you know one of uh, yeah, the yeah, triangle circus gang. And uh I just I like this movie a lot. Well, let me ask you this. And I'm, I'm not a fan. I never was. And you know that we've talked about it for 30 years since this movie yeah. came out. Um, if you made this list in 1992, I bet you this would be number one. It'd be up there. Right. So I think you've put some perspective in this movie. Well, I didn't years listen. I, I, I always you got to put a little bit more serious fare above sometimes. And some of it is some of some of it isn't. But My I'm number a five, big, Chuck, I'm a huge, I am a huge I, fan of Batman I, Returns. I know, yes. I know. Um, my number five is, um, and I would think it's probably higher on your list. I don't know, but that's the baseball uh, comedy, A League of Their Own. It's higher uh, on my list. Yeah, it's a, it's an ensemble cast of just a really uh, important story to be told about the ladies of uh, baseball and really some funny performances by Tom Hanks. Even, even Rosie O'Donnell's really good. Uh, the only reason this movie isn't higher, I think, the director, Penny Marshall, and the writers didn't know what tone to take at the end of the movie. And it's a little confusing as to who you should actually be rooting for in the game. Um, there's some highs and lows. You're like, wait a minute. What happened here? Are we supposed to be rooting for this team? But Lori Petty's team won. I think it gets a little you know, confusing, uh, conflicting at the end. But there's some great highs in this movie. And oh, it's so funny good. and so well made. And John Lovitz almost steals the movie in the first reel. Let me ask you a question. Lori Petty's an interesting one because... She had the role in Point Break, Point Break with Keanu Reeves, right? Yep. And I like a lot her of in notices. Yep, I got a lot of notices. Her, right? Yeah. Okay. She was originally cast in the Sandra Bullock role in Demolition Man. They started filming, and the director and producer said, "I she has no chemistry with Stallone," and I they canned it. her. Right? They canned her. I remember she appeared on on um, the last episode in the ER of Anthony uh, Edwards in in uh, called Orion in the Sky, one of my all time favorite TV episodes. And I'm like, what is she doing on ER? Like, is it like a like a just a bit, you know, like a supporting part. Right. As in a one episode stint. Right. 
But she's really, really good in League of Their Own. I think she's Very like good. really, really good in this movie. Very That's good. That's like a claim to fame. And then she did Tank Girl. Remember Tank, Tank Girl? That movie's tanked. awful. That Tank movie's Girl awful. tanked. Yeah. Holy cow, that movie's awful. Yep. And really hasn't done much on the big screen since then. Let's face it. Um, but yeah, she's really good in that. And uh, that's my number five. So, OK, my number four is my cousin, Vinny. It's very entertaining. If I got to mention, hey, Ralph Macho's in it. Oh, hey, the Karate Kid himself. Let's I go. I mean, who, whose cousin is it? It's Ralph Macho's cousin, <laughs> right? <laughs> did you and, say and, and you Fred, and Fred and Fred? Did Gwyn you say is, you? Uh, how good is he? I actually thought when I saw this movie the first time, I thought, you know, he could get a best supporting actor nominee. He's really for, good. In he's that. really you know, good. I, think, in it. I know that when I think of Fred Gwynn beside Herman Munster and my cousin Vinny, I think of that little kid slashing the back of his ankle in uh, Pet Cemetery. Oh, Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is so hard to Gage. watch. That scene. Gage. Gage. Right? Uh, Ugh, that's and you know who else is really good in that movie is Lane Smith as the uh, yeah. uh, the other co- attorney. He's very yeah. good. Very that recognizable. That, actor. that movie. That movie is just sitting in a movie theater in 92 watching that movie. As a big audience pleaser. Well, you know what it is? It's weird because with Joe Pesci, you know, yeah. he always gets pigeonholed. It's like, well, what other kind of movie can Joe Pesci possibly make that people would want to go see and make any sense? Yeah. Well, this movie, he found another niche in the cinema. And I remember he did the movie The Super. He did The Super it was after sort this. It was a misfire. It was a misfire. But Eight heads some, in a duffel bag. He did a couple yeah. other movies like that. And they yeah. never did. And they talked about him being a barrister in London and doing another My Cousin Vinny. I'm surprised that they never made another I, I am too. with, I am with too. her and him. They could have made a whole series of movies yeah, with, they could between have. the two of them. And I'm, I'm really surprised they never did. But yeah. it's obviously a great pick. My number four, again, might be higher on your list. And I remember the first time I saw Unforgiven, I didn't like it. But on repeat viewing after repeat viewing after repeat viewing, it might be the best Western of all time. Mm, Unforgiven. Okay. I'm, oh, let me let, so okay, well yeah, done. Say what you got to say. It's paced so well. It's got no. great performances by all the lead actors. And the payoff at the end is there as well. I, I the more I watch this movie, the more I loved it. But the first time I saw it, I didn't get into it. And it and ends I, up, of course, winning best picture that see, year. I, I, it's not on my top 10. And I and I'm in your camp. I remember. Listen, you know, I love Gene Hackman. I love all of them. Everybody of every but, star. Richard Harris. Freeman, they, they're all Richard great. Harris, yeah, they're all great. But but I remember the first time I saw this in a theater by myself. The pacing is so slow. It is so slow, like a lot of Eastwood movies. But. Like I had issues. It was like it just moves so slow. And I still I don't love I, I don't love it's a this slow movie. burn, though, with a great payoff. It, I, really it is, is. I know. But listen, if you said to me, take a time out here. If you said to me, Unfor- if you could watch right now in a movie theater, Unforgiven or Sam Raimi's The Quick and the Dead, what would right. you pick? Yeah, it's different. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Okay, uh, and it wouldn't be so. I do like I do like it because I've seen it numerous times, and I do get the acting's fantastic, the payoffs fantastic, the message is fantastic, but it is really slowly paced. It just it is, is. but uh, again, this yeah. is the back end of uh, of I know career. that I get all, it. they've I get all it. been paced this way, and it was acclaimed, and 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 I'm probably in the minority for not well, loving it, but uh, again, I, I didn't love it when I saw it, and it won Best Picture. I know it did. Um, so. It, it's it's just one of those things. It's it's aged well. Let's just put it that I way. I agree. So my, my number, number three is a few good men because it's just a star driven, very entertaining courtroom drama. Yeah, court it's on a drama. lot of notes. Yep, and it, and it still plays well now. Well, and and it's got tremendous star power. Not only Tom Cruise and Demi Demi Moore, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, yeah. and then of course Jack Nicholson. Cuba Gooding's in it too, Cuba, right? Cuba, uh, and then you got uh, uh, 
what's his name? JT it's Walsh. A, yeah, there's a lot of is there's a lot of uh, and 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 the actor who is the co-star in um, that Schwarzenegger movie with the devil, right? Uh, what's his name? Gabriel Byrne. I don't think he. No, oh, no, Kevin Pollack. Kevin Pollack. Kevin Pollack's, Pollack. yeah, Kevin Pollack. Pollack's yep, very Kevin good Pollack. in it. But yeah, I think you put it End all together. I'm thinking an Arnold movie. Yeah, I I think it's really Rob Reiner's best overall yeah. film, right? It's just just the heaviness well, of the subject matter. Too, but yeah, but and yeah, it just it's it's just uh, it, it's crowd pleasing, you know. And like I said, Tom Cruise is a movie star, but he's really an actor in this, right? He, this is one of those few movies where he's not playing Tom Cruise. You can actually see him playing a role here that's integral with all the yeah, other characters. Agree. It's not just I'm Tom Cruise and I'm just going to walk through two and a half hours. Agree. Um, we're going to disagree on my number three. Um, and that's Jack Ryan and Harrison Ford's first turn as Jack Ryan. I remember reading the book Patriot Games and then seeing the trailer for the first time saying, oh, my God, they got Harrison Ford to be Jack Ryan. And then the rest was history. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I love this movie directed by Philip Noyce. I do. It's a real good action film. And I think if this movie came out after Air Force One and and a clear present danger, I think it would have found a better audience than when it first came out. He's real good in it. I I really am a big fan of clear and present danger. I know you are. We both are. It's a great movie. I didn't like Patriot Games. I'm going to tell you why. I remember going on your recommendation because this is when we first met on your recommendation. I went out and bought the laser disc to to Patriot Games. And I put it and watched it, and I did not like it at all. And I, 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 I don't know if you had a laser disc player. If I was you gave it to me, give it to you. But I, I was going to throw it out the window like a frisbee, like a like a frisbee. I, it just, so I owe you twenty five dollars. What do I owe you? How much was that? No, one? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a secret. In my closet at home, I have about hundred and fifty laser discs. <laughs> I do. What are they worth? I got rid of all mine a lot. No, I, I have them. I have a lot of movie memorabilia, foreign stuff that he. Used you have to a player. I do. Does I, it work? I actually, I, it probably does. I, I just haven't had it hooked up for years. Sounds like a movie. Let's but you put know, Patriot games for in. people who don't know what laser discs are. It's like a big. It's like a. It's like a DVD but bigger, right? Like a record. Right. And the, the sound's really awesome. And I have the Abyss special edition on Laserdisc, by the way. All right. We're getting way off topic here. No, uh, but I figured. Patriot Games, heck? Tom Clancy, my number three, the first yeah. role. I tell him Harrison, role, Harrison Ford takes on the role. I enjoy it a lot. Samuel Jackson, a lot of the I wonder Archer. if your number one's my number one. I, it'll be interesting. My uh, number two is A League of Their Own. I, okay. am curi- I am curious. I am curious of your number one. I I, I think it's going to be the same because it we might saw be. It, it might be. It we might saw be. it together. I think it was me, you, and Trulio. I don't know if we saw uh, that. It might not be the same number together. one. I don't okay. know. I I can't remember if my number. It does one it was, have an ensemble cast? It does. It does. does. It well, let me Jack get to my Lennon number two. I I've got a number All right, two. Go All right, go ahead. My number two is the funniest movie of the year, and we brought it up a lot recently because we must have been talking about Nick Cage a lot. But I love Honeymoon in Vegas. I think it's hysterical. I think it hits on uh, every. This is the quintessential Nicolas Cage role outside of Stanley Goodspeed. Um, he bets on his he bets his wife on a poker game and loses. And it take and you know outside of you know indecent proposal. This actually it's a farce. It actually takes it as a joke. And without the flying Elvises, it probably would be number seven, eight, or nine. But with the flying Elvises, puts it over the top. I really when this movie came out, Chuck it. I, I for some about it. You know, I wasn't a huge Nick fan, Nick Cage fan at the time. This is the one that put it over the top. And then he did The Rock later on and the rest was history. But I love Honeymoon in Vegas. In a lot of ways, he would say leaving Las Vegas, Honeymoon in Vegas and Con Air were his Vegas trilogy. 
All three are awesome. But this one holds a special place for some reason in my heart. And I'm not a big Sarah Jessica Parker fan, but I think she pulls it off in this as well. There's a lot of funny stuff in it. Um, some might think it's a little too high on a list, but I don't know. When I looked at the entirety of the year, what movie did I see the most, laugh the most at, or like the most, could watch again? Honeymoon in Vegas was probably the second most popular one. It's not on my top 10. I like it on Love It. It's very fluffy. It is, but you know what? Very rewatchable okay. and, and, and a great performance. My, my number team. one is um, Glengarry Gar- Glen Ross. My number one is Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah, I love that movie. It's a that is the greatest movie. movie about sales. The reality of hardcore immorality in the way certain people make a living. And and the dialogue of that movie is incredible. The acting's incredible. Jack David Lemon has never been better. And Let that's, me tell you that's something. the highest praise you could give. Let me tell you something. Shelly, the machine Levine, is the most yeah. realistic character of a salesperson since Willie Loman ever yeah. put anywhere on screen or in that movie did not make money and we did see it together we did see it together okay um but the top to bottom acting's fantastic you know um al pacino Pacino. and ironically pacino got the supporting actor yeah alec baldwin i mean iconic uh, instead of steak knives yeah i mean you're you know but the weird thing is that of all the supporting characters it wasn't lemon that got the nominee it was pacino and i always thought wait a minute okay I mean, Jack Lemon, it, it, this this role is perfect. This is a perfectly written, perfectly pr- performed role. Uh, so heartbreaking, right? When he's at yeah. that guy's it's house sad. trying to get it's him. To, it, it's so sad. Um, yeah. It's so bad that the Simpsons actually have a recurring character based on that one character that's been on for 25 years. Um, it's based on Shelley, the machine Levine and and the performance of, of Jack Lemon. Uh, and, you know, Ed Harris, Kevin Spacey, you can go on the and on. The talent in that movie is amazing. Uh, and then it, it all starts. David Mammoth. David writer. Mammoth is the one. I mean, you just I listen know. to the dialogue. I know. And, and it's iconic for the Alec Baldwin scene. And it maybe peaks there. But yeah. there's some great stuff with Jonathan Price later on. Yes. He, and here, here's the thing. What makes that movie so good, in my opinion, is when you watch that movie, it does not feel like you're watching a movie. No. You just you're in reality. You're you're watching the, the lives of five desperate. They don't men. make movies like that anymore. They no, don't. they don't. They don't. It, it's it's really good stuff. It's ironic how we all ca- we came back together on our lists and we both had the same number one, because as we recap here, they're quite different. My number 10 t- is sneakers. Uh, my cousin Vinny nine basic instinct, eight, one false move, seven, a few good men, six, a league of their own five, unforgiven four Patriot games, three. Honeyman in Vegas 2, and Glengarry Gun Ross 1. Here's my list. Number 10, The Cutting Edge. Number 9, Bad Lieutenant. Harvey Keitel. Number 8, Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness. Number 7, Under Siege. Pretty good diehard movie with Steven Seagal. Number 6, Home Alone, Lost in New York. Number 5, Batman Returns. And boy, does he ever. <laughs> number 4, My Cousin Vinny. Number 3, A Few Good Men. Number 2, A League of Their Own. Number 1, Glengarry Glenn. That was fun, Mike. I had a yeah, good and time. as we go through the list, and we hear all these movies. What's the one that says I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch that one again? Like next, it's probably Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, right? Is many times we've seen all these movies. I have, you know, well, I, I don't know if I told you, but I watch Batman Returns at least once a week on my ice cream parlor. <sighs> I mean, at least how could uh, I not? I'm just glad Ladybugs didn't make your list. I was I was scared. 
that uh, the Rodney Dangerfield. I actually quit. saw that in a movie theater. <laughs> it was a bit. It was a big step down though from uh, Back to School. I gotta. I gotta be honest. Yeah, and and it I was what it was. Also surprised you didn't have Passenger Fifty Seven on your list. I thought I like sure. that movie though. That's another Die Hard uh, clone, right? Yeah, in and a self, the, in a very self-contained area. Hate to say it, but I know there's two movies that I know you love. Didn't make your list. A little surprise, and that's Toys and Leap of Faith. Two very big movies yeah, on the uh, Chuck lot, Curry they, list. Because they're very flawed. This part, listen, Leap of Faith, the second half, I really like. The first half, not so much. But I love the second half of that movie, actually. There, yeah, there was and, actually... And, 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 and Toys, you got to be hardcore Robin Rob Williams to the, to the, to the, to the, to the zenith. Oh, I do, there's something about that movie I find quirky fun. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. is weird, though. It is weird. Oh, my God. It's bad. It's bad. It's just a bad, bad movie. All right, uh, Chuck, we got to wrap things up. Um, uh, we'll do this all over again next week. Anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, uh, always a pleasure. And to the audience, thank you very much for listening. I had a good time. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. by Federated Media.